All right, well, welcome into this latest episode of the Quintessential Ministry Podcast. I'm so glad that you are tuned in and joining me today. Um, what a crazy few weeks, right? I know um, here we are at the end of March. We're still in the middle of this whole coronavirus thing and just trying to figure out what that means for life in general, um, for us, for parents, for just it's it's literally affecting everyone, uh, and so um, I'm not going to talk about that because I think that um, you can get plenty of COVID nineteen intake anywhere you look, right? So we're not going to go there. Um, but this is actually kind of a last minute switch that I'm making here uh, for the podcast, and um, that's because it was actually um, a year ago today. So this podcast, usually I push these out every other Monday. Um, and so this one's late, but it's late because I looked at the calendar and I realized that um, it is the one year anniversary of my father-in-law passing away. And um, actually April 1st, so Wednesday morning will be the one year anniversary. But um, March 31st, which is today, uh was his birthday. And so today would have been his 58th birthday. And, um, you know, my wife and I were talking about this. She doesn't know I'm recording this right now or that this is the subject matter of this week's um, podcast. But we were talking and this whole, you know, coronavirus thing in a lot of ways has kind of just messed up our final month of mourning this first year without him. It's just kind of been a not definitely not a welcome distraction, but a distraction. And uh, it's just been a really weird, um, it's been a weird time, but I just wanted to spend this time if I could. And, uh, I hope the things that I share maybe will, um, if you, you know, if you've lost someone in your life, maybe they'll help you kind of process through some of that. Um, and if all this does is help my close family members, I'm okay with that too. But, um, yeah, I just wanted to kind of walk through this, um, not at this one year mark, just kind of what what all went down and some of the things that we've learned and just kind of how it all um, how it's shaped us. Because um, I mean that's what that's what life's all about is just trying to figure out um, how to become better and how to learn from situations and and how to grow and um, hopefully we've done you know some of that over the last year. So let me just jump in and. Um, We'll just kind of see where this takes us, but I do have a few notes here. So it was one year ago today, uh, or I'm sorry, it was one year ago, um, April 1st. Whenever you're listening to this, it'll be Wednesday, April 1st. I woke up um, to a couple missed calls on my phone from both my mother-in-law's number and my father-in-law's number, and so I knew something was up. And my wife was in the shower, and so I called her mom back, and she told me the news. And, um, yeah, I I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to say. I just knew that as soon as Aaron came in the room, I had to tell her um, that her dad was gone. And that was not easy. That was the hardest thing I've ever done. And um, that just started you know, the hardest week we've ever lived, I would say. Um, We had to tell our kids before we had breakfast. Uh, We had to 
just throw all our plans out the window and drive straight to New York uh, an hour away to see and be with her family. Um, and it was just, it was crazy. And you know, it's funny, I'm sitting at our dining room table right now. And we had actually just moved here to Erie three weeks before he passed away. And I had this dream for this uh, like farmhouse table I wanted to build. I really just needed to build the top um, because I had the legs and everything from my previous table. But I bought just some whatever these are, two by tens or something from Home Depot. And I had a friend help me uh, turn it into like a slab table. And then it was time to finish it. And um, I'm calling this podcast Remembering Kevin because that was uh, my father-in-law's name. And he was a professional wood finisher. That's what he did uh, at Fancher Chair in Faulkner, New York. And um, so anyways, I got this table home a couple weeks after we uh, moved in. And I had bought all this stuff at Home Depot or whatever to finish it. And I painted it black and it looked great. And then I went to put polyurethane on it. And um, Kevin and I are just so, so different. I mean, he's just the most patient, thorough, do it right kind of guy. And I really try to be, but I'm like, just so in love with progress. And um, so anyways, I polyurethane this table. And then I didn't wait long enough to do the second coat. And I ruined the first coat. And then I you know, tried some hack to fix it or whatever. Anyways, we went to bed on March 31st that night. I was so upset about how much I'd screwed up this stupid table. And Aaron said, "Um, you should call my dad. And I just thought, I'm not going to call your dad because he's just going to laugh, not at me, but just at how impatient I am or whatever. And, um, you know, it was just kind of one of those funny comments. But then the next day, we woke up and I couldn't. I couldn't call her dad because he was gone. And it was just the craziest thing. Um, so anyways, um, that week, you know, was just, it was really hard. Um, re- an amazing, amazing funeral, amazing celebration of his life, amazing support, hundreds of people. Um, long, long waits at the viewing, and um, it just really spoke to the impact of who Kevin was. Um, Kevin was, I took a picture um, April 1st when we were up at his house. I took a picture of his Bible, which his son now has, I believe, uh, Aaron's brother, Evan. I, and if, yeah, I I would totally, I, I collect Bibles, so if, if uh, but I didn't dare ask for that one because I knew that uh, it wouldn't have been right for me to have it, but um, man, his Bible was just broken, broken into pieces because he just read it so much and he lived it and he was just so steady and consistent and patient and he didn't worry about stupid stuff and he didn't, uh, he didn't get himself tied up into things that didn't matter. Um, and I just really respect that about, about him and the legacy that he left. And, um, anyways, we just had such an amazing outpouring of support from friends and family and small group, uh, you know, members, people that we have in our small group and just our church was overwhelming. Our previous church was overwhelming. It was just, it was amazing. Um, 
for our personal support. Um, but you know, over the last year, it's just been a lot of processing and, um, sometimes you almost feel bad for how okay you're doing. Um, because that can't be right. You know, I mean, you just feel like, how can I, how can I be okay? But I think it just speaks to the hope we have as Christians because um, we know we're going to see Kevin again, and we know that we're going to, um, man, that's going to be an awesome reunion, and we just can't wait for that. And so, um, yeah, I think, let me just share a couple of things um, that I've learned, you know, since then. I've shared this a bunch of times in, I think, a couple sermons that I've preached in some an, a previous podcast even, I think, but... Um, just a couple weeks after he had passed away, I, it was Easter, and um, we were singing a song by Wren Collective, and the verse says, when I stand before the throne at last, Christ's blood will plead my innocence. I'll worship him with holy hands and raise the song that never ends of Jesus Christ, my righteousness. And singing those lyrics just a couple weeks after he passed away, I had this revelation that, um, that he had done that, that he was doing that right now. We, we talk all the time. I talk all the time about the book of revelation and the endless hallelujahs that are being lifted up before our Lord in heaven. And I just think that he's doing that. And I remember actually, um, the day after he passed away, I was driving in his car because I took that car home from New York uh, that that first day. And, you know, typical Kevin, he had a worship CD playing or whatever, but it was like I just had this vision of him just walking into heaven with the biggest smile on his face, singing any worship song. It didn't matter. He He didn't care about style. I'm sure he had styles that he loved, but he sure seemed to love any and all styles as long as it was worship. And so it was an overwhelming uh, drive in, drive around town in his car that day, just hearing those songs and knowing that those were some of his favorites and that um, he was getting to sing them for real in that moment. Um, So anyways, that was just, that's one of my revelations is just this idea that anytime we engage in worship we're, we're joining with those endless hallelujahs and if we have people who have uh who have gone on who have passed away from this earth um that's our chance to sing with them that's the you know we can still worship together that's the one thing we can still do and it's not the same as standing shoulder to shoulder in a in a church um but it's pretty awesome that we can do those things together um let me read <clears throat> I actually found what I was able to read at um, at his funeral. And so I'm just going to read that, and then I have a couple closing thoughts. And this will probably be a little bit shorter of a podcast, but I, I didn't want to take, I didn't want to miss this chance to um, to remember him and honor him and just share, you know, hopefully some thoughts with you uh, for anyone you may have lost and the... Um, you know, the impact that can live on when people we love have passed on. So this is what I read at uh, Kevin's funeral. I remember taking Kevin to lunch to ask for his daughter's hand in marriage. 
He did his best to be tough, but I knew really he was doing Beth's bidding with all that. He only saw the best in people, and he was more gracious than anyone I've ever known. He even believed in me, this punk kid who came back to Jesus and fell in love with his daughter. He wouldn't even let me pay for his sub that day. I got free lunch and the girl of my dreams, all because of Kevin Oaks. If you had a problem with Kevin, you really have a problem with yourself. He was beyond likable, he was beyond gracious, and he was honestly the most stable man I've ever met. As a pastor in today's modern era, I see and deal with a lot of what I have come to call consumer Christianity. It is like this 2020 idea, I said 2019 at the time, but I'll update it for today. And this 2000, it is this 2019 idea that we should find the church we like, the church that fits us, and that checks our boxes and our preferences. But that was not Kevin Oaks. Fifteen years ago, he took over as the lay pastor at Cherry Creek First Baptist, the church he had grown up in. And he faithfully served there for a decade and a half, never wondering if he might find something more fitting for Kevin somewhere else. And there are people in this room today who are blessed for eternity by that obedience and that selflessness. He didn't listen to culture. He listened to his Father in heaven. The pain we are feeling is certainly barely comparable to the heartbreak his wife and his three kids are faced with. He bought them an old empty house. He renovated it. He worked his guts out at his job every single day, and he helped them all grow into adults who are huge blessings to society. He supported his wife as she won Woman of the Year honors. He was their rock, and they are forced to navigate the rest of life without him. Please do not cease with your prayers for them. Heaven is richer today, and he has to be happier than we can know seeing his father for the first time in 16 years. His earthly dad had passed away 16 years prior to the day uh, as Kevin. But we are certainly poorer. We lost a gem, we lost a rock, and we lost a lot of memories that were yet to be made. What's true in the light is still true in the dark. You're good and you're kind and you care for this heart. Lord, I believe that you weep with me. That's another lyric from a Wren Collective song. Romans 12 in the message translation says, So here's what I want you to do, God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it, unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity. God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. This is such a perfect representation of Kevin. Kevin is with his Savior today because of his relationship that had affected every moment of his life. Not because of a single prayer in a silent church, but because of a deep relationship that guided his actions in the day-to-day. He wasn't pushy, and he never judged. But he would want me to tell you this. You can live with this same confidence and life change and hope. Because Jesus loves you more than you can ever understand. And I'll speak on behalf of all of us. Come find us after this service and ask us how you can know more. We will buy you a Tim Hortons in Kevin's honor and share everything we can about this hope that we have. 
because while today hurts like hell, we can't wait to see him again in heaven. And Jesus Christ made that possible. Thank you for always pointing us to him, Kevin. You are the best ever. And honestly, I cried my eyes out trying to read that at his funeral. Um, and it evokes a lot of emotions right now. But I, um, yeah, Kevin really was the best. He had a uh, friend who gave him keys to a cabin up in Maine. He loved going on trips to Maine. We went one time. Uh, and I said I'd never go back. I'd go back in a second now if he would be there. But um, it's 13 hours to Maine, and it's cold when you get there. I mean, we went in July, and you can't swim in the ocean. I just said I don't get it, but uh, he sure loved it. And, you know, he, he spoke, you know, he, he just loved it up there. And it was cool to see a place that just lit him up like that. Um, yeah, I just, I think that, you know, as we have, as Aaron and I have navigated this last year of um, grief and loving our kids and sharing with our kids how to grieve, um, it's been really hard, really, really hard. Um, but one thing we have learned is we don't want to just build walls around our memories because they hurt. Um, he wouldn't want that, and God doesn't want that for us. And honestly, that's not healthy because our memories are all great memories. I don't have one bad memory with Kevin, and I'm his son-in-law. Um, what, we, what we really try to find the balance in is leaning into that hurt, um, but also just just living with that hope and just pointing our kids to that hope and just letting them know um, everything will be restored and this is temporary and it hurts and we miss him, but um, it's going to be okay. And uh, he, he left an awesome legacy and it's a bummer that our kids are so young and so the memories will fade, uh, but that's another reason we don't want to... Um, it's another reason we don't want to not talk about him because it's important that we keep those memories alive and that we keep his legacy alive. Um, so I would just say, you know, if this is resonating with anyone, I know I'm kind of just uh, sharing our story and indulging some feelings here, and that's not something that I typically do. But, you know, I would encourage you. Um, it's been a real gut check for me. We're all We're all going to leave this planet at some point and the real question is what will our legacy be and um, what example are we setting for our kids I think it's interesting Kevin was never worried about <clears throat> uh, the status of his car or um, any of that he loved his family loved his kids loved his grandkids worked like crazy um, was an amazing employee at the place that he worked in Falconer, was a great lay pastor, um, poured his heart into that, and, you know, he left an amazing legacy. And I think the question that it's really left for me is what is the legacy I am leaving? Who is better off uh, for my being here? 
Who am I pouring my life into? And what is most important? And we're all in the middle of this coronavirus uh, situation, as I said at the beginning. Um, And I do think it's really been, it's a chance for us to step back, reevaluate our lives, reevaluate what we do with our time. And, you know, I wrote a, a piece that I pushed out on my Facebook yesterday, but when we get to the other side of this coronavirus situation, I think things will change. I think concerts will be different. I think sporting events will be different. I think for a while, church might even be different. And as far as the density of people that are allowed to be there and things like that. So we will have change mandated to us um, by the powers that be because of this virus. My question is, and my challenge to myself and to anyone that is willing to listen to what I have to say, is what changes will you mandate? to yourself what changes what we mandate to ourselves because um I, I i have bad habits you know i have things i need to I, I, I we all do right we all have bad habits and things that we um that we could do better on and this quarantine whatever we're calling it self self isolation social distancing all the buzzwords we're all being forced to do less recreational things and just out and about type stuff. Um, what habits will we mandate for ourselves? What, what bad habits will we leave and what good habits will we embrace and mandate over ourselves so that going forward, we will leave a greater impact? I know one thing Kevin did every single day was wake up, read his Bible, pray, um, you know, worship his whole ride into work. Like he had solid habits that turned him into the person that he was. Um, and we are so much better for it. And so, yeah, I would, uh, I guess I would just leave you with that. I hope, um, if you listen this long and, and you stuck with me, I know it was kind of broken and, uh, just stream of consciousness, um, as I unpack a, a really hard year and a really, um, just a really different year um, than we ever saw coming. But, um, and like I said in, in the piece that I read at his funeral, if uh, you're listening to this and you have no idea what I'm talking about with this relationship with Jesus Christ um, or how that can impact your life, on behalf of Kevin, I will uh, gladly come to your house and brew you a Tim Horton since we can't go to the store right now. And uh, I'd love to explain more of that because that is the greatest decision you will ever make. Um, And his making of that decision impacted his family, impacted his kids, impacted me, and impacted uh, all my kids. And so I'm forever grateful for him, and I can't wait to see him again. And um, I hope that this helped anybody today um, as I kind of just shared some thoughts and, uh, yeah. So we'll catch you in a couple weeks, uh, back on a Monday, uh, with the quintessential ministry podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And, uh, actually the next time I push one of these out, it will be the day after Easter. So Easter will most likely look different this year in the church world. Um, but I know that God is going to work all things together for good as he does. I know it's going to be an awesome celebration however we have to do it, whatever we have to do to accommodate um, just these 
these strange times that we find ourselves in. So I appreciate you, and I hope that uh, you appreciated this podcast. We will catch you next time on the Quintessential Ministry Podcast.